on, everybody. Welcome back to another Ask Nick edition of the Vile Files. I'm your host, Nick, joined by Allie and Amanda. And, well, I mean, and Teffy is here. I know. She's not on this episode. She's I'm actually not. on next episode, which mm-hmm. we just recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to get disappointed. You won't te- have Teffy on. Do right. you want to tell them well, about the episode? Well, you said blue balls isn't real, so they'll be fine. Uh, we talk about blue balls. But I want you to know that this isn't the episode I'm on, so I'm not an outfit repeater, you know? But if I was a cartoon character, I think this is what I would wear. And I think about that all the time. This is it. This is it. I think this is the most me okay. lately. But anyway, yeah, I hope this episode is good or whatever, but. We have <laughs> an amazing episode, uh, drug problems, potentially. Oh. Caller from Spain wants to know if her, if her boyfriend smokes too much weed. Okay. He does. If you're asking, he does. <laughs> it's always yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like when people are like, I'm, I'm getting the feeling. I'm like, no, you're right. You just want to yeah, stay with yeah, him. Sometimes. But especially when it comes to weed, peep, it's, uh, it's still over-stigmatized. Right. For, they're, I would argue in Cal in Los Angeles, understigmatized. Well, I would he also, grew up in a different time and a different place. Like I'm not saying like you grew up in the fucking 30s, but there I'm there are saying, plenty of people who listen to this show who might say come from a different part of the country. Absolutely, where yeah. marijuana, like you know, there's alcohol all over the place. That's fine, but like they pull no, out one joint, you're like, what are you doing? They call I it dope. They call yeah, it dope. It, yeah. Um, I think it, so you, there is. It's it's still not. Right. In Wyoming, it's illegal in a big way. Yeah. Well, so. um, don't do drugs. And um, if you have to ask, then yes, that's my rule. That's um, So, okay. So we did that episode. Let's wrap it up. Let's go to mine. Just post it. We did it. You're going to have to wait a week. Okay. Uh, we have a great week lined up for you. Naz Perez, my friend, former Bachelor producer, is here. Hey, I know there's not a Bachelor episode tonight. We are still going to talk about all the hot goss. I guess we're going to, are we talking? You not- are so good at girl talk. It should be illegal. Oh, you would be so good in my friend group. You'd be like, I don't know. I, she has a point. You would kill it. I, uh, I am, yeah. You're good at the girl talk. Is that like a Libra thing? I don't know. Well, I love it. Uh, thanks. You shouldn't Stop rename this girl talk. <sighs> I feel like there'd girl be people. Girl talk with Nick Vial. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like there'd be people who would have a problem with that. Oh, whatever. Yeah. It's like uh, in 30 Rock when it's like the girly show and then it's yeah. just Tracy Jordan. All right. Yeah. Well, we get into it this episode. Make sure you tune in next week. Ask Nick Monday. Ask Nick Monday. I like that. Ooh. Uh, for uh, Teffy. Hello, Teffy. Hello. You might know her and love her on the old TikTok. Mm-hmm. Get to her callers. What's your time with Nick? Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hello, Nick. Uh, nice to meet you. My name is Amanda, and I am from Barcelona, Spain. Nice to meet you, Amanda. Um, nice to meet you. I am 34 years old, and I have a boyfriend, okay. or soon to be ex. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> How long have you guys been dating? Yeah, so, right. So we've been dating for almost a year now, okay. February to be exact. And I, I, I'll give you a quick rundown as to how we met and where we are right now at this point. A year ago, we met through a house party. Well, it wasn't really a house party because there were still COVID restrictions and we weren't really, you were only allowed to have 10 people maximum at home. So it was more like a dinner and we were invited by a common friend. Then after that, um, it turned into like a mini party, basically. And there was a lot of alcohol in, involved. And... A lot of uh, weed smoking. Okay. 
And personally, I really, I, I do not smoke weed, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm also not a boring person. So when it comes to parties, once in a while, especially like post-COVID, well, it was still really COVID-ish. I thought, why not? And I, we, I actually really had a great experience. I was drinking more than smoking. And then after that, um, he actually tried to pursue me for a few months. And then we got to know each other really well. I started liking him so much. And then little by little, I started realizing that he doesn't really just smoke weed when it comes to parties. Um, I want, He once invited me to his place and he was pretty open about it, which I really appreciate that. So he showed me that he had a couple of weed plants or marijuana plants at home. He was growing well. it. Yes. <laughs> and it was actually more than the limit. But then I thought, you know, I've, it's it's Europe, it's Barcelona. People are very chill about it. It's it's pretty illegal. So I I I, I just started to go go along with it. I I thought I really like this guy. I'm not gonna let that stand in the way. And then three months later, we went to um, we went to Ibiza with a couple of friends. And then that was really the point where I saw, and we actually stayed for an entire week because our friend has a really beautiful house there. We were able to stay, I think it was even more than a week. And as you know, Ibiza, it was really like hard partying every single day. And that was really the first time where I saw him, like from our, we don't live together for now, but then uh, when when they picked me up, his best friend and him, uh, in the car, I already noticed that they were smoking weed mm-hmm. and then I, I i was actually wondering because i don't i really don't have any experience uh, smoking weed I, in fact the few experiences i had it was really terrible i was just very anxious and paranoid um they were smoking weed and at, at some point i really thought like is this even right like i thought of it as like drinking alcohol while you're driving 100 percent, yeah yeah they acted just like very normal, to be honest. And his friend was the one who was driving. It was his car. And then by the time we got to the airport, I mean, during that time as well, they handed me weed. I mean, just to have one um, spliff, I think is how you call it. And I did. And with just one smoke, I just basically was gone. I I felt, (laughs) I was very high, basically. And by the time we got to the airport, I just felt so lost. I was like, what the fuck is happening? There were so many people. I don't know. And then, um, But I was with these two guys. They still took care of me. They took care of my luggage and everything. We got to the plane, got to Ibiza. And from there on, it was just nonstop smoking weed. And a lot of driving was smoking in the boats and smoking and other, other drugs. Any other drugs, I mean. And that was the point where I just thought, okay, I'm not going to rain on the parade right now but by the time we got back to Barcelona a week later I had to sit down with him and talk to him and I told him that I don't feel comfortable with the fact that you know I understand it's a party like I don't want to be the boring one so if he wants to smoke weed take drugs I'm cool about it but I don't like the idea that he does it every day and especially the fact that they smoke and drink alcohol, and then they drive at the same time. And I'm, and I, I put myself in that situation mm-hmm. as well. And it's very typical. They would say like, "No, we've been doing this for such a long time that we've never been caught." It's, you know. So I thought it's not the um, answer you wanted to hear. I'm sure. <laughs> I've never been caught. No. <laughs> like, okay. And uh, just so you have, just for you to have an idea, they're also around my where 
we're in our 30s you know we're not really in our 20s anymore and then uh but i really made it clear to him that i i didn't like it so he told me by the time we got back this is around three months after uh, later on the relationship he told me that he was all of a sudden he told me that he was going to do a detox for a month and i felt so proud i was like oh my god this is my man like this is what i want and then uh, I, the, I, I try. I, I was. I told him that I'm going to be there for him. I'm going to help him. I'm going to support him. And then three days later, uh, he visited his dad during the weekend. And then we saw each other. And just three days later, he already smoked weed. So sorry, no one. Um, and his reasoning was. And then I found out that he actually grew up in a family where his dad. His dad used to be a, well, he still is a, an actor slash musician. He's a music producer, his dad here. And I just found out that basically his dad has been smoking weed ever since they were young. Like it was something that was very, oh, he, he, did, he did it even when they were kids, like inside the house, when they were eating or whatsoever. But then surprisingly, he didn't actually start smoking weed until he was 27. Mm -hmm. But then I guess family-wise, it was something normal or at some point they all accepted it. What makes a murderer's mind tick? Killer's Psyche is a true crime podcast from Wondery that explores these types of questions about the crimes that killers and criminals commit. Killer Psyche covers high-profile cases that shocked the world, and host Candace DeLong uses her five decades of experience as a clinical psychiatric nurse and FBI criminal profile to dissect the motivations and behaviors of the most terrifying felons in history. And you'll definitely want to listen to the recent episode of Killer Psyche, where Candace looks into the mysterious murder of Ted Ammon, a wealthy Wall Street finance. Ted had been going through a divorce with his wife of 13 years, Generosa, and millions in assets in child custody were at stake. Generosa and her new boyfriend, Danny Pelosi, were the prime suspects. But Generosi died of oh, cancer before the police could prove her involvement. In 2004, Danny was convicted of secondary murder. How does hatred drive a person to murder the father of their children? We're always talking to behavioral experts and psychologists. Yeah. I mean, I assume everyone here loves a good murder mystery. And don't you want to know the why? Don't you want to like dig in deep? Listen to Killer Psyche on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen to One Week Ad-Free by joining Wondery Plus on the Wondery app. I tried to just like not think so much about it, but we had a few like talks and, and discussions or arguments that I, I kept on telling him that I feel uncomfortable around it. But so the, the only thing that really changed was then he started, he never really drove, uh, he never really smoked weed when he was driving. But then there would be moments where um, between the six months to up to a year now, there would be moments where I would be invited um, in, 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 his, in a family gathering. And then uh, he would openly talk to his dad about weed um, that he, for example, went to a coffee shop and he found this type of weed. It's amazing. And then I really just feel so uncomfortable. And then uh, there will be also moments where we would, I would just see him during a family gathering, like he's completely okay. And then the next second, I would see him like with red bloodshot eyes. Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. bloodshot red really? eyes. Yeah. 
So it just carried on until we, it had been a constant, basically, argument. And he keeps on assuring me that he's, he's trying, he's trying, uh, until to the point where uh, the email that I sent you, it was on Christmas Day. The reason why I was really um, worried or I just didn't know what to do and uh, Christmas, which already happened, obviously, was because he warned me already that during Christmas, his family, it's quite like sort of a tradition that yeah. his family or his dad and his best friend are going to be smoking weed the entire night. They'll be um, eating good food, playing board games and smoking. And that just to warn me, that's how, what, how it's going to happen. And for me, I just thought like I didn't want to be honest, at this point, I just felt like it's going to be very uncomfortable for me. And so I thought my option would be to just join. So I told him that I was just going to join dinner with the family. And if I at some point feel uncomfortable, if he doesn't mind, I would want to join my friends later on. And we could both just carry on the rest of the evening mm -hmm. separately. The morning of uh, Christmas Eve, well, I would say that was the 24th. And that morning, um, he, I mean, the night before he slept at my place, and we obviously woke up together the next day, he, he went to shower and it took him extra long to shower than normal. And then when he came back, he was, uh, he brushed his teeth and everything. He was well showered. And then I could tell right away, like his eyes was bloodshot, like red, like very, very red. And it was literally nine in the morning and I smelled him. I asked him, did you smoke weed? And I think that's what they call the wake and bake. And he said, yes. And for me, I just, I was in complete shock. I just didn't know what to do. Like we had a massive argument um, that morning. And then I still went to the family dinner and then um, we, and then he just brought me home after that. And from that day, we never talked up until now. So I didn't spend New Year's Eve with him. We didn't spend New Year's together. And so basically we did talk for more than a week. And because I just feel like I really need time to process this. Because to be honest, I really tried to accept it. But every single day, more and more, I just feel like it's such a deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm 34. If I'm dating someone, it's because I see a future that sure. I... And I just could not see... I just could not imagine the father of my kids to be smoking weed while he's driving them or who'd be like, um, yeah, or who'd be just be smoking weed first thing in the morning. And I just couldn't really imagine that. But that's why I mentioned that I just don't know if I'm being unreasonable or what, what can I do to be able to compromise or to understand him a little bit more. And because for him, he doesn't see it. He, he would deny that he's hooked on it, that he's addicted and he thinks weed is very healthy and that according to him, because I told him that I feel like I'm disrespecting my boundaries, my morals and principles now by, by just letting this happen. And also for, um, by just being in a relationship with someone who's just so hooked on it basically. But for him, he sees it as something very normal. And I feel like we just really clash. I think stuff like this is just very relatable because it, you know, it's like, oh, it, it doesn't almost, it doesn't kind of seem overly complicated, right? But there's a lot of nuances to your situation, right? I grew up like you. 
I grew up in a household where alcohol and any drugs whatsoever like weren't around ever, never. Like my dad bought a, a bottle of vodka when I was like a freshman in high school and it stayed in our freezer for, I don't know, forever. Like we just, it was never around, not during the holidays, just wasn't a part. I didn't do any drugs at all, none. I've never smoked a cigarette. Uh, I drank a little bit in my 20s. I wasn't, I'm not a big drinker. In my 30s, um, I started smoking weed. Um, and I, you know, dabbled here and there. It helped me relax. It helped, it helped me with my anxiety. I do it on a somewhat regular basis now. And Can you say regular? Like how regular? Like every day? Depends. You know? uh, some, uh, uh, you know, I might, uh, I'll do a little bit at night, uh, basically after work or in the night, I'll have a little bit, right? Um, it, it, but it's a, like, make no mistake, it's a drug. It's not healthy for you. I, I take it because, well, one, I enjoy it. I find that it, I, it does relax me. It helps me unwind in social settings for me. That's my quote unquote drug of choice, my advice of choice, right? I don't like to drink. I don't like to get drunk. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't like how the feeling, I don't respond well to it. So the weed helps me relax and be social. It's not for everybody. It's still a drug. You know, there, it does change my behavior, right? I have a girlfriend. For the most part, I take a little bit. I unwind. I zone out once in a while. She'll do it with me. But also once in a while, she's just like, like she, might, she has the right in, to ask me not to do it from time to time. You know, maybe it's because like she doesn't want me being like a total space cadet. Or if we go to dinner, sometimes if I want to like smoke weed, I'll be like, can you drive so I can smoke weed? And so she has to drive, right? But every once in a while, she has the right to be like, I don't want you to do that. And as her boyfriend, I want to respect that, right? And it's such a fine line between being in a relationship where, again, where you have these various boundaries and expectations and then your partner likes one thing that you don't like and you have to compromise and figure out, like, how do you do that, right? Because no relationship likes these kind of oversleeping, sweeping boundaries of like, you can't do this, you know? Now, no. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. Uh, either are you. Uh, I can't sit there and say your boyfriend's addicted. You know, I get the logic of like, if he has to wake up and smoke weed, then he's probably addicted. Like, I don't know, maybe, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not an addiction specialist. The fact that you tell this story of like, it's obviously a part of like the culture of his family. Um, you know, in America, like Alcohol is a big deal. In fact, people like will X you out of friend groups if you don't drink with them. You know, there's a really kind of toxic mindset when it comes to alcohol in this country, you know, in terms of like, oh, be one of the guys, you know, get drunk with us kind of thing. And if you don't, they can't trust you. There's, you know, it's kind of a weird thing we do. And yet we're still as a society, like even as I say and acknowledge, I smoke weed from time to time on a somewhat regular basis. Like even with my audience, I'm like afraid of judgment, you know? But if I say I have one glass right. of wine every night, everyone's like, oh my God, like it's, it's, is it healthy for you? Like it's alcohol. Alcohol is not good for you. Drugs are not good for you. But in moderation, if you choose to enjoy it, well, you can just decide that some of those like benefits that you find from might, might outweigh some of the cons. But it is silly if you're sitting your boyfriend sitting here trying to like argue with you about like that it's good for him. But now you've gotten, it sounds like you've gotten the situation where you're grappling with like, 
how are you were raised, like the meaning of it, like do you, you know, am I going to have kids with this guy? How involved is he? And now it sounds like he's like recognizes that it bothers you. So like I guess good on him. It sounds like for the most part he's pretty honest with you. He doesn't lie about it despite him knowing that you don't right. like it, you know? And he's like, "Hey, listen, it's the holidays, you know, like a lot in a lot of times families get together, you, we drink, we eat bad food, we drink alcohol." You spend three days. And so his his family does the weed thing. Despite all that, like you just you just have the right to say, I don't know, this lifestyle, it's a lifestyle choice, right? And without judgment, and not that you're judging them, you have to decide whether do you do you want this lifestyle? Are you you just have to decide, are you okay with changing some of your boundaries and accepting that? You, you can't stop. You're not going to stop him. You know, like if you want to be with him, he's always, he's going to smoke weed for the rest of his life. I mean, his dad does it. It's become a thing that he bonds with his yeah. father. I mean, here again, like, you know, people have like microbreweries in their garages and, you know, like it's things people can get really into. And that could be like a, a literally a, a father son bonding thing of like, oh, you know, like I, I brewed this beer you know, whatever. And they do it together. And it sounds like he's connecting with his father. Like he's never going to stop. So like, you just have to accept that if you want to be with him, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that you don't have the right to say, Hey, listen, okay, listen, you smoke weed, whatever. I don't ever want you driving while doing it. Like I, I, I care about you. I don't want you to put yourself in danger, your friends, myself. Uh, if we have, you have kids, like you can, whether it's alcohol or weed or whatever, like you can do things and do it responsibly and, and show that you're mature and not be reckless and you can be, try to be as safe as possible. And so you can have those expectations. You can, you can be in a relationship with someone and say, hey, listen, babe, it does change your behavior. And sometimes I want you tonight. I don't, I don't want you zoning out. And you know, if he can't respect yeah. that from time to time, that is a problem. If he's just like, if he can't ever not do it, because at any point, Nanny's like, hey, could you not smoke tonight? I'm like, okay. Like, no problem. You know, like, I, I definitely don't do it in the morning. I definitely don't do it at work. I definitely don't do it throughout the day. You know, I have some friends, uh, I know people who have done it. They're kind of like, you know, have, they kind of operate on this like small buzz all day long. You know. Yeah, but I think that's the difference because the way you talk about weed, I feel like you like to do it occasionally when you feel like it. And that's why I feel like your girlfriend is able to tolerate that. Yeah. But from the way I see it, it's like he really does it the first thing when he wakes up, um, when he's working and during the evening as well. Like for me, to be honest, like I would, I do, I when it comes to music festivals, for example, yeah. like I would still once in a while take drugs, for yeah. example, like I'm pretty much very in that, like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty cool about it, but also just because I know that I don't take it every single day. Um, so but me- the fact that I'm aware that he takes it every single day is what bothers me because no. if, if he just takes it once in a while when he feels like it, um, I, it wouldn't really bother me so much, but that's the only thing. I feel like no matter what, even if we're going to get up, get to a compromise, for example, like when we're not together because we don't live together yet, like he, I know deep inside that when he wakes up first thing in the morning, he would still be smoking weed and he would still be doing it every single day when we're not together, basically. And that yeah. just, 
I think I'm more bothered with the fact that he's hooked on it. Like, I I had this conversation with my friends. Again, like, this friend of mine told me, like, look at it as, like, eating, like, eating cake. Like, if you eat cake once in a while, it's good. But if you eat cake every single day in the morning and before you sleep, then that's not good. So what I just want to tell him is that I don't like the idea that he's hooked on something. Like he, I feel like, I don't know if it's reasonable enough, but I want him to prove to me that he is not hooked on weed and that he yeah. can- You're going to have a hard time trying to prove to him. I mean, hooked is like, you know, it's one of those things you use certain words and people will respond to him, it triggers them. I know, he, I can, he hates, he he hates, hates it I, Yeah, I right. That. But it sounds yeah. like, to your point, if you do it every day, he's reliant on it. If you have to wake up and he exactly. does it, like he he relies on it to calm himself. And like there are other ways to do that, right? Like if I smoke a little weed at night to relax, like you know, my, I might want to just be like, yeah, I've done it like four days in a row. Like I need to not, you know, I need to I need to not. And so I have to exercise is other way to do it. You know, cold showers. Like you know, there's other things to try to different things. And yes, I think you're. You know, your question about am I being, you're being more than reasonable, right? Like you've acknowledged something that you're bothered with and you're not, you're not telling you what to do. You're not demanding things, you know, like you might have to just agree to disagree and maybe just go separate ways. I think you just have to go about it in a way where, you know, if he can't understand that, like, listen, I like you, we've been dating for this long, I see a future with you. And the reality is, is like, I'm not telling you you can't smoke weed. You know, but you seem like it, whether, whether it's you're hooked or not, it's, it's, it, it seems to be a significant part of your life so much that like, it's a bigger priority for you than I'm comfortable with. If you decide to break up with them, you're not breaking up with them for the weed. You're breaking up with them because you've accepted that maybe your lifestyles are just different long-term and that's okay. If we live together and you smoke every morning, that does affect me. It's a, it's in our house. Our house smells like this. You smell like this. It's going to, I'm going to smell it. You know, like you zone out a little bit. I don't like it. And then like, I just, you, you know, I don't know, but like, can't you do it? Like at night only, can you, are you able to set boundaries for yourself? I mean, I, Hey, you're not, you're not addicted, but like, can you say no once in a while? sounds like you're willing to compromise. He has to be willing to compromise too. Right. If you have a conversation and you guys can at least say, we want to try to compromise, then you just give it some time and see. You need to say, if you want this workout, I accept it's a part of your lifestyle. I know you're never going to stop. That's okay. I don't want to stop you from enjoying the things that you do. There's no denying, like, it's a big part of your life. Whatever addict, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I don't know if you're addicted, but it's, it's more like, it's not fair to me that you're, you will always do it around your friends around me, you know, like. I, I don't want right. to always be around you when you're smoking weed. So I don't care you know, whether you're, forget about whether you're addicted. I don't want this. It's my choice. And are you okay, with, rec- are you okay with recognizing that that's a normal ask? And if it's not, no, no problem, no judgment, then, then, then maybe there's like, we're just, we're just on two different pages. You guys both need to acknowledge each other a little bit. And right now, you you guys neither of a, neither of you have done that. So that's step one. And if you can acknowledge that, then there's a sh- chance to see if you guys can continue that acknowledgement and that compromise, and see if it works out. Okay. All right. 
Good luck. Let us know. I'm ready to yeah. talk to him. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much. Yeah, so my, wish me luck. My pleasure. I wish in you luck. 20 minutes. All right. Uh, Thank you. We want to know. So like, uh, we'll follow up and you let us know in a month or so. <laughs> I definitely will. All right. All right. Take care. Have All a right. nice rest of the day. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's your name? Uh, my name is Rachel and I'm 26. How can I help Rachel? So my question isn't actually really about my dating life, but I think it's it's about how I can be a better or just a supportive friend. Mm-hmm. So one of my friends has been in kind of this like situationship for a couple years now. Um, they're not exclusive. My friend wants a relationship with this person. They say, I love you. They go on weekend trips. But obviously, like the other person does not really want to commit to my friend. And so that's obviously been the source of a lot of anxiety and questioning and whatever. And so kind of what my friend has been doing is just like going through these cycles of trying to convince sure. this person to be with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I obviously want to try and be supportive. And I know you have a lot to say about just like friends' opinions in general, but sure. I just wanted to talk through like how I can be a supportive friend and help them realize like their worth because it's not so where is the where is the friendship at now? And I mean your friendship with this person in terms of are they coming to you still about this person or have they felt fatigue or have you felt fatigue? Has it in any way become contentious where you feel like, oh, I just need to back off? Where are we now? Because I'm assuming you've probably experienced cycles. Yeah, I mean, we have a really good relationship. We communicate really well. And I even try and kind of challenge and push back a little bit in a still like supportive, not, you know, condescending or anything way, but just because my, I care about my friend, obviously and my friend sees that. So we actually communicate about it really well. I guess I'll just, if, if your friend was calling in, right. And she was asking me about the situation ship, the truth that, you know, I would hear her story and she would probably go on and tell me this like 20 minute story of how it started and all the things he said and the stuff he does and how he makes her feel and how, you know, 99% of the time things are great, but he just won't commit. And it feels like they're dating and he feels like they're a boyfriend and girlfriend. All the, right? Like, I'm sure this all sounds familiar. And she would try to justify, you know, her choices to stay in this situationship. I think the number one rule when it comes to a situationship is that it's not a relationship. And I know that even your friend would probably be like, duh, that's why I get frustrated from time to time. But I find that most people in situationships will act as if they are in a relationship, even though it's not defined. Or I'm going to correct myself. It actually is defined, right? Because clearly she has tried to define this. It's defined as this person she's dating wants to be defined as single. And it's important for your friend to act single, the problem is with the, it, it, it's it's one of those things we often kind of do the opposite of what will actually work, you know, in a situation like this. And people who find themselves on what I call the hopeful side of a situationship, because your friend is the one who's hopeful. She is hoping things will change. She's hoping this guy will see that they have something special, that it's unique, that he will want to commit to her, that he will want to prioritize her. And so she's on the hopeful side of the situationship, right? And the person on the hopeful side of a situationship what they want to do is they will want to show them their partner or their person on the other side of the situationship that see how great we are, 
you know, see how much fun we have. You know, we, there are so many people who are dating and married and they're, they fight and we're, we don't fight. We're great. And they try to show them through like committing to them. So they will, they will take themselves off the market. They won't date. They won't become available. If they, sometimes people in situationships, they might not take themselves off the mark, off the market, but they will hide it from someone. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll start going on the dating apps, but then if like the person they're in a situationship with like asks what they're doing, they will like either avoid the truth or flat out lie. So I have a plot twist for you. They tell each other everything. They tell, well, okay. Well, I will say, great. That is good for them. You know, that's, that's a good thing actually. You think so? When, I just know I couldn't do it if I was in that situation. That would like, well, I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's not ideal to be in a situationship for an extended period of time. But at least they're mm-hmm. being honest. At least they're being upfront, right? Yeah. The only time a situationship ever turn like my belief is that most situationships won't turn into the relationship that the hopeful person wants. But it can sometimes because every once in a while someone just needs like some clarity, a boost, right? You know, part of it is the paralysis of choice of dating, right? Mm-hmm. You know, situationships like you know how I always joke how like you know there's a handful of like things and phrases that are mainstream now that like 10 to 15 years ago, we didn't even hear of. You know, I always joke about how kale, like the food, like 20 years ago, like, well, it's kale. And now it's a regular part of many people's diets. Terms, you know, Mm -hmm. the gaslighting, the love bobbing, all these like phrases, like we didn't hear about this stuff five or 10 years ago. And and now we, we do, right? So we are trying to be more aware and accountable with our, you know, uh, our expectations and what we want. And then dating apps. Dating apps have become mainstream. You know, I know they've been around for a number of years, but now it's like truly there's what feels like an unlimited amount of dating apps. There's all these social meeting apps and our access to these things are infinite. It's, you know, again, I use that Netflix analogy a lot, right? Back in the day, uh, there was less content available to watch, you know, if you were lucky enough to have cable, which we didn't have growing up, you know, you, you know, you'd, there'd be like on TNT Shawshank Redemption and you would watch it. And then maybe your parents like, you know, got the movie channels like HBO and Cinemax and there's stuff to watch. And that felt like so many, there's always something to watch. And then Netflix came out and all these streaming platforms. And now we spend all this time browsing, right? It's not that there's less. And yet we're always like, oh, there's nothing to watch on Netflix. There's nothing to watch. on Netflix. There's like thousands <laughs> of things. Literally, I don't know, maybe hundreds of thousands of things. And if not Netflix, mm-hmm. then you have Prime TV and you have Hulu and you have HBO Max. And yet we, we're just like, oh, there's nothing to watch. You've wa- we've watched everything there is to watch, you know? And dating is the same way. So we have all these choices. We have all these options. We're trying to um, not, you know, do what we did in the past. We're trying not to like fall in love and get engaged the first person like we like the most in our small towns which is great you know i I think that's awesome you know but on the flip side of all that we all have become very indecisive daters so would you recommend like me kind of taking that angle if when we do talk about it again is like because obviously right now like we said my friend would agree to a relationship if it came up so would it be beneficial for me to be like, the only way anything's going to change is if he really thinks you're gone? Yeah. Or is that yeah. like... Yeah, it's one of those not. things. It just depends if what, did, what... Is she prepared to hear what you have to say? Mm-hmm. You know, I again, I always say that you got to ask her questions. You can't tell her what the situation... It's like, what do you want? Aren't Are yeah. you tired of this? 
Are you tired oh, yeah. of feeling the way you are feeling? Mm-hmm. I know. You know. And I've asked that, like, how long would you be willing to put up with this? And kind of the response was, well, if it works out and I'm happy, like, isn't it worth it? I mean, sure. Yeah, but that's such a, like, a generic, like, well, why is it going to change? You should ask her that. What is, okay. why, he is not, why would he magically change? There's a mm-hmm. reason why he's not committing. Yeah. What's that reason? I'm sure, sure he's attempted to give her some like, I don't know, not right now, timing. But like, what's the real reason? And it, and I'm, I'm assuming none of them sound like really valid to her. And, yeah. it, you know, why isn't he willing to make her a priority? You know? Yeah. I know. I think based on like what has been discussed before, it's like he's got like some family stuff to sort out. And so she'll try and like facilitate like, oh, you should talk to your sister, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, you're not, that's not your job to like do that, you know? Also, he's getting, that's the thing. It's good that you pointed out, you know, in that situation, and it's good to like emphasize situation, you know, she is offering the services of a girlfriend to him for free, Mm -hmm. you know? Like if you give things away for free, people won't pay for it. You know, it's, they won't sacrifice. Relationship is sacrifice, you know, if it is, it's about giving up some of your freedoms to prioritize the relationship. You have two individuals who as as individuals have certain freedoms that people in relationships don't have. And the reason why, part of the reason what makes relationships special is that those individuals will sacrifice some of their individuality for the relationship. And sometimes to do that, they have to say no to them as the individual. Not completely. We can't lose ourselves entirely. But this guy doesn't need to do that ever. At any moment, he can be like, you're not my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Whenever he needs to, whenever it serves him, he can pull the we're not together card. Yeah. And all meanwhile, getting like emotional support for like probably things he's not asking for you know, et cetera, et cetera. And she's hoping that one day he will wake up and go, I just appreciate you. I mean, you know, as humans, we just, we don't work that way. She won't even know how she's going to feel because right now she can't even process that because now she's just, she feels so stuck. And then what's so fucked about these long-term situationships, you know how I always talk about how like, in these relationships, people will stick around because it's like, well, I've been dating them. We've been together for three or four years and they will like take, they will will not get out of something toxic because they feel like, well, I've, I've invested so much. And people in these long-term situationships will have that same mindset for something that never even existed. I've, I've worked so long to try to get this. What if he, it's like they, they, they have this in the back of their mind that well, I can't leave now because tomorrow could be the day, you know? And yeah. it's, I feel for her, but like she also has to hold herself accountable for the choices she is making in this. It's, it's not just one-sided. She is enabling him to allow him to take advantage of the situation, you know? And as humans, all of us, including her, if, if people give us things for free, we tend not to pay for it. Yeah, it, it's really generous to say, you know what? Here's some money anyways. That's a great, that's, that's great and noble and generous, but... We don't, we don't do that. And then we will justify our own choices of being like, you know, I'm, I'm good to her or whatever, but I really can't right now. And meanwhile, he's looking for better, especially if they are actively both dating. He is looking for better. That's the truth. 
Now, I don't know if yeah. you need to say that to her right now because that that will just be, make her defensive and things like that. You need to get you need to try to ask the right questions to get her to see from an unbiased point of view. You know. Yeah. No, definitely. And and some of the ones you gave were really helpful. So I appreciate it. I could I could go on. There's so many more layers. The power and equity in this relationship is so one-sided that like for her to have it be equal will almost never happen. You know? And yeah. and then, God, I would hate for her to wake up three or four years from now, you know? You know, yeah, mm-hmm. she's in a relationship and then, you know, and then then she will really feel like she's starting over. Yeah. I know. And I think too, what the power does is just kind of like puts rose colored glasses like on her, like viewing that person, like because they're like he's contested, you know, like she just puts them on a pedestal. I'm like, why? <laughs> uh but to validate herself, to validate her choices. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've been her. We've all been her. Like, you know. Yeah. And it's crazy how we like was like, what the fuck was I doing? You know, why was I afraid to like be honest with them? Why was I always afraid if they were leaving? Why did I give them so much? I mean, God, ugh. But it, it's yeah. she wants to prove to herself or her ego, or already want to call it, that she can win. She can do this. She can change him. And if he ever comes around, she's like, it'll all be worth it, and that will make me feel special because he finally chose me. And she puts him on a special on a pedestal because, like, why would she? possibly wait this long for a loser true and so that's why she will tell herself how great he is and ignore the problems and ignore the bad behavior and ignore you know all those things lots to unpack but thank you would your friend if could you ever go to your friend you know because it obviously is anonymous and be like hey uh i went on the show blah 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 i care about you this is the advice this person gave take it or leave it but like listen yeah i don't know i thought about it for sure i'll probably let her know at some point and I've definitely talked to her about this pod- podcast before because I talked to all my friends about it that I think oh, I would appreciate it. it. But yeah. yeah, no, it's great. Um, but maybe at some point, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's. I just don't see, based on what you're telling me, any chance this working out in a healthy way. Yeah. Again, like it's already not healthy. Like it, no, yeah. And again, like short-term situationships. You know what? Every once in a while, someone needs a kick in the butt, a wake-up call. That's, we're all humans. And again, part of what I did is that kind of rambling I talked about, like why sh- situationships even exist. Like I can get why we all have, all of us who have been dating in the recent years have become indecisive and reluctant to commit because we're just like, we're afraid of something better coming along. Mm-hmm. And part of that is great because again, we're no longer being like, you know what? I'm graduating from college. I need to marry this person that I've been dating for two years, despite me being kind of unhappy and being okay with that. But like, whatever, I don't like, I'm supposed to get married. You know, we, we just gone from one end of the pendulum to another. It's like, it's, we're just kind of dumb, simple human beings. Like all of this is kind of, you can blame it on technology. We're just not prepared to like mm-hmm. be given all this access to things that we don't know what to do with it. We're learning all, all about these boundaries and, and these, and, and we become indecisive. So every yeah. once in a while, we can need that. But this is this is a whole nother level. Oh yeah, for sure. Sounds like your situation shift worked out for you, but it worked out. This yeah. one, not so much. Yeah. So. so, all right. Well, hopefully that was helpful. It it was definitely definitely have like more new questions to ask and stuff like that. So yeah, but it's, yeah, exactly. You get, you got to try her to. She's got to see it for herself. You can't convince her of it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? 
because she has to feel like that's the thing. If her ego, if, if it is so involved, it's almost like you have to trick her ego of getting her to choose her because she's special. She's got to feel like this is a waste of her time. And it's a very tricky thing. I, and I wish I had all the answers of a perfect way to do that for a friend, but it's, it's tough to do. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, All right. Well, you. best of luck. All right. Happy New Thanks Year. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. How's it going? Hi, I'm Michelle and I'm 27. Hi, Michelle. How can I help? Okay. So uh, March of 2020, basically right when the pandemic started, I started seeing one of my coworkers. Um, I know I wasn't really good with COVID guidelines and things like that, but we were both working from home. So he would come over like once a week. Um, basically we would just hook up. That was pretty much it. About a month in, I was like, Hey, like I started asking him where this was going. Mm, first and he cut me off actually like right in the middle of that. Like we were watching Netflix and he just started talking about the show. So it was really awkward and embarrassing. I got super embarrassed. Oh, so he didn't so, like cut you off and said, Hey, I just want to like cut you off right there. I'm no. not looking for a relationship. He was like, no, he cut you off and was like, can you believe that car chase? <laughs> it got so awkward. So I just was like stunned, but I didn't want to like continue asking because it was really humiliating. So I kind of just Why do went you with feel it. humiliated? Because I knew that he knew where I w- what I was going to ask. And it got really embarrassing for me because I pretty much knew his answer at that point. Like he didn't want to even bring up the subject. Yeah, but you didn't know why and you shouldn't, you know, but like why, why the feeling of humiliation? Because I knew he was going to reject me. (laughs) Reject you or reject what you wanted? Reject what I wanted. It's just a matter of perspective. I think it's just important in these situations to not feel, you shouldn't feel embarrassed about wanting to set boundaries for yourself, regardless of what that outcome is. In fact, you should feel proud of yourself to say, you know what, I've enjoyed this little like month of sex. Turns out I like the guy. I want more from him. And good for me for knowing that. That should really be your thought. You know, he's not necessarily rejecting you. What he is rejecting right now is just like, I like this free sex. I don't have to commit. I don't have to answer to her. I don't have to do anything. I like this. It's not really about yeah. you right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. again, we're just like, this is turning like a situationship episode, but like, it's one of those things where, you know, he probably doesn't, you know, like, yeah, in a perfect world, do you wish that you guys met? And he was like, I love you. I don't know, maybe not in a perfect world. Maybe you wouldn't feel the way you do right now if in the sec- by the second date, he was like, I I can't stop thinking about you. You might have been like turned off for all you know. That's true. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you heard me, uh, but when you said I asked him what this was or where this was going, I said that was your first mistake. And again, reminder, you never ask what we uh, what are we? You just tell him what you want. Hey, can I have a moment of your time? Great you know maybe not like turn off the middle of a movie don't just and don't spring it on them you know maybe when the movie's yeah. done just be like hey there's something I, before i go i wanted to talk to you about something maybe it's right after the sex i don't know mm-hmm. that's a great time right after he like has amazing sex something he seems to want more of yeah you hit him with the this has been fun really enjoy it i want more and you say it confidently you know 
That's how you define a relationship. You don't ask. You tell. And you just simply state the things you want. And you assume, always assume, that their first response will be something like, I don't know why they can't or why it's not convenient or why they, you know, they can't commit. Almost always. If you start off, you know, again, we're talking about hookup culture. We're talking about dating and not in any way judging your decision to have sex early on. Good for you. You wanted sex. You deserve sex. That was your choice. But if you start having sex before a relationship is established, that muddies the waters. It all of a sudden changes like, well, why, why, why do I need to be in a relationship? And I, yeah, I get it. We want to want the person to be, want to be in a relationship with us. But like, hey, you know, we're not sure if this is the one, you know, because men and women nowadays are thinking about, well, and how old are you again? I'm sorry. I'm 27. And how old is he? He's 25. He's about to be 26. So okay, he's younger. So. So. It doesn't matter. Whatever. He's, he's a mid-20s and it's certainly old enough that as soon as he gets a girlfriend and he commits, he's going to tell himself, I need to know that I can marry her. You know? we. You know, it's like we're, we're trying to combine new school dating with old school like thought processes that like anyone in a relationship in, in our adult life, we must be able to answer the question, I can see myself marrying this person. I wouldn't date someone. Like we all say that. Well, I wouldn't date someone if, unless I could picture them marrying them. It's like, I don't know. And so forget about like the titles of boyfriend and girlfriend. What you are asking is a commitment to prioritizing the relationship. I've said this, you know, a hundred times. And that is to, at a minimum, not have sex with other people. To maybe set some boundaries around how much you might hang out and do more, you know, things other than just hook up spend time together, go on dates, et cetera, et cetera. And again, you don't ask them, you tell them confidently, unapologetically about what you want. And you just assume he's going to say, he's going he's gonna to find a reason why not to. And again, this is because you, for an entire month, you've been having sex. And he's just like, I don't, why would I want to, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, you've created this, situation you you two have created the situation and that is sex without commitment that's fine and you're trying to change that situation and to do that it takes a little time sometimes most of the time not always but sometimes yeah well so it continued basically um it's still happening (laughs) currently um so wait, wait how long ago so how long has this situation ship been happening it's almost going to be two years. Ooh, are you, do you have a friend who's <laughs> Our last so caller called I've in from a friend been... who's in a situation for two years. Uh, it's hysterical. Oh, no. Um, is there another yeah. woman involved? I don't know. So okay. basically, um, he knows I've been seeing like other guys casually. Like he, he knows does. I've been on apps. He does. And he's gotten jealous over that. Good. But I have made it very clear. Like I'm, I'm, going on dates with other people, like I'm seeing other people and he never taught, I've never really asked him. I basically shifted mindsets that day to just like, we're hooking up and nothing else. So I like turned off any feelings that I was starting to get. And it worked really well for a year, actually it did. Um, And then what changed was this past summer, he started like asking me out, which he had never done before. Okay. And like, he started texting me all the time before he was just texting me basically like when he wanted to come over, mm-hmm. 
But then he started texting me like, how was your day? Like, how are you? Like, how was everything? He was texting me like every day, asking me out. How's your response? I, I started liking him again, obviously, which is, yeah. So I would respond like by going out with him. But you, um, you'd, you'd, got, you'd be quick to say yes. No, I would kind of match his energy, to be honest. Like I, and I still do that. Like, what do you mean I by match his energy? That, so if he take, I know it's kind of like a game, but if he like takes a while to respond, I'm just like, I'm not going to respond right away. Or okay, I but just you were, respond. you were always following him. Yeah. But I try not to do it too. Like, obviously, like I don't want it to be too obvious. So, but yeah, pretty much. Do you ever like disappear? <laughs> did you ever just not respond? Yeah, I do. I've done it several times. In fact, I just did it recently and he was like really bothered by it. He and then- texted me and was like, why are you ignoring me? And what you did you reply? <laughs> what did you say? I acted like I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, "What do you mean?" Okay. Like, and then, I, and then he's like, "No, I get it." He he always makes a joke about it. He's always like, "I get it." Like, you hate me, or like you're seeing somebody else. It's fine. I get it. And I'll just be like, "I don't even know what you're talking about." And I, that happened again on Saturday when he was over. I was like, "I I don't. What are you talking about?" Like, he just got like super flustered, and he's like, "No, it's fine. I get it. I get it." Yeah, that's just manipulation. You got to nip that in the butt. Bud is a butt, bud. I don't know. Um, you know, because he's, I get it. You don't like me. You hate me. And then what he wants is that response is, I don't hate you. You're great. But like, you know, you almost have to be like, hey, I haven't been giving. Listen, bro, you're getting annoying, honestly. Yeah. You, you know, have you ever tried to define the relationship since movie night? Yes. Yes, I have. So, so it's clear you can, you can, and the reason why I ask, and so you can tell me that you can finish your thought, but the reason why I ask is that I just want to know at this point in this situation, Chip, you can at any point say, you know, I've been wanting to date you. I haven't said that. But you could say that and it would be yeah. not, he couldn't say, what are you talking about? No, he, he would, he would know. Okay. I'm assuming. But yeah, I, I brought it up about a month ago. And how, how? yeah, I was, did you ask him again? Yeah, I didn't do it the right way. So, <laughs> so th- you're going to cringe at this. So basically I was like, it was right after we had sex and I was like, so basically we're just going to be fuck buddies. Is that the goal here? That's all it's ever going to be. And he was like, yeah, that was terrible. No, <laughs> I know it was really bad. It was really bad. He was like, no, that that would be little what we have. He said, you're one of my best friends. Oh. And I'm like, how? And what did you say to that? <laughs> um, I was just like surprised. And I was like, You didn't really? challenge him on like, that? No, I said, well, I said, really? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I've I've talked to you about so many things like you know, he just went on about how like he trusts me and like how he's asked me for advice and he has like okay. work and stuff. But I just, again, let it drop, which is stupid. And so I was just like, all right. So I guess my question is, I, I want to cut it off because like I, this isn't going anywhere. Like it's, I'm pretty much done with it at this point. I just don't know how, because like anytime I try to distance myself and like, I become like, I disappear. Like you mentioned earlier, he, I'll cave in eventually. So then you're not like done. when he keeps, I know. And so I keep like getting confused. Like one day I don't, 
I'm, I'm like, I'm never going to, you know, text him back again. I do work with him. So I see him occasionally, but we have like different shifts. So I just don't know like how to end it, I guess. You accept that you have to, you have to, you know, first let me explain why you're, you're doing what you're doing is because you continue to have hope because we both know that if he reached out to you today, you might, you might pretend to not, you know, to challenge him and not come around right away. But we both know that if he did the right things and tried hard enough, you would be his girlfriend. And you're hopeful that will come around. So you reluctantly leave, which is good that you finally like, I can't keep doing this. this is nuts. You know, you, re- you acknowledge that is a good step. But you haven't let go of the hope. So when he gets bored enough and caves and tries hard enough and does just enough to to make you feel like, you know what? He's made me feel special enough. I can I can hang out with him and, and have some sex or do whatever it is you want to do. You've never lost the hope. And then you get back into that pattern. So the only way to stop it is to truly accept that there is no hope. You Part of to- it too for me is he's he's really good in bed. So like that's the selfish part of me is like, I don't really want to give that up necessarily. Okay. Well, that's, um, and you have the right not to. I'm just, you're, I'm just trying to give you answers to, to these individual yeah. problems. But you, you would have to sacrifice some good sex. He's not the only good dick out there. Yeah. No, that's true. I know it's few and far between, but I'm just saying. Pretty much. Also, like, it, it, you know, not that I'm trying to, like, get you to hang on to the situation that most likely won't, won't work out the way you want, but you haven't done the right thing to get him to turn around. He also is a little younger than you, so, like, you know, not that, like, nowadays, 25, 26-year-old guys, like, are just going to be harder to convince that the, the that you're the person that this has been the rest of the of the life with, you know? And uh, safe to say he's occasionally having sex with other women he's enjoying that that's fun for him for sure you know so you know what are you willing to do you know right now part of like you've been kind of as a as a you know wanting to get this occasional good sex from time to time it's like i don't know if you're even all in right like yeah. so it's like you're just gonna have to there's no perfect choice i guess you know I can't tell you, you're, you're not going to like stop hanging out with this guy and accept that there is no hope without missing the sex from time to time. That, that'll happen. If you give, you know, the food analogy, give up sugar, whatever toxic things that, you know, you enjoy in the moment. Oh, fuck, I love this. It's so good. Cake, you know, whatever. You know, it doesn't going to make you feel good after you enjoy it. First bite, so good. Eighth bite, not so much, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You miss it for a while. It's like, oh, I've, you know, I've given up sugar for like a month like i could have a cheat day you know it's just like you got to stop giving yourself cheat days you just have to decide i don't you know like there's no like perfect scenario of 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 making this essentially toxic thing for you not that he's toxic but this the situationship has become toxic for you uh of, of making it healthy most likely and to do that you really have to be committed to to say all right buddy i just want to make you know Yes, I value your friendship. I'm glad you value mine. But like, I hope you agree that we shouldn't keep doing this. I don't want to be pals with you. I don't want to be friends with you. I have no desire. And, I, and, and let's be real. Like, be, be mature enough to agree with me that 
<laughs> if we don't end up together, we're not going to be going to, again, each other's baptism or kids. We're not, you know, no one's coming to each other's weddings. Like, yeah, I'm there for you now because it's convenient and nice. And, you know, both of us are technically single, you know, and so it's nice and we've become comfortable with each other and that's all great. But like, <clears throat> I don't want to keep doing this. And so I'm done. No hard feelings. You know, you don't, you just be very matter of fact. And then if you scare him enough that he comes around, you kind of say, listen, I'm not trying to play games, but, and I'm assuming you believe me when you agree with me when I say, what trust do you have that he's not just reacting to you leaving? And you tell him that. Like, I don't, look, listen, we've, we've, we, and I'm not blaming you. We are both responsible for the situation we created. But I can't keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing this. And right now, like, you're saying a lot of the right things, but you said some of the right things before. And, like, I just, mm, you know, if, if, I'm, if you really think of me as your best friend or close friend, or if you really care about me at any level, you won't want me to keep feeling occasionally bad about this situation. I don't want you to keep feeling occasionally bad because like we're just not nourishing each other, our hearts, you know, the way we want in the long term. And it's frustrating. And maybe both of us are missing out on something special. I don't know about you. I don't know what you want for your dating life in the immediate future, but I'm ready to find someone. I'm not desperate. I'm not, you know, I'll wait, but like I want to find that person. And I was, I have, I've been open to being you, but you know, you've always kind of been reluctant and I'm like, I'm tired of, of playing the games. And you just, Stop being afraid of his answers. You know, don't stop. You know, if you truly don't give a shit, just fucking talk. You know, just say it. Just own it and just fucking say it. Wow. Who gives a shit what he says? Don't worry about hurting his feelings. He'll be fine. Don't be mean. But just be honest. I'm just, this is dumb. You know? Yeah. Don't make That's him, it's not true. all his fault. You know, take some of the blame yourself. Be like, but this is silly. Let's stop. I appreciate it. I'm going to, whenever I see him next, I'll, uh, Tell him what I want and not not ask. That's that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Never, okay. never, never, never ask. Why okay. would anyone be like, you know what? I would like to give free sex without commitment or responsibility. Most 25, 60-year-old guys who are good at sex are, are, are really thrilled to have someone who's willing to have sex with them and be generally okay with them having sex with other people. I know it's not the Prince Charming I always hoped for, but like that's that's the world that we have created. We people, men and women, with how we have gone about dating in 2022, and yeah, we got to change the narrative. We're we're all part of the problem. Yeah. So, if you meet someone in the future that you like right away, maybe wait for the sex. You know. And at least you're not like, at least you're setting boundaries early on. And again, it's not, you know, that's only because you're setting a boundary of saying, hey, listen, I just, I, I, first date went great. I like you. And I want to make this, I want to get to, it's about getting to know each other. You don't hang sex as like some sort of like prize to be won or something they have to chase, but you're just like, I just, let's, let's, can we just focus on getting to know each other, you know? And then if you decide to have sex early on, fine, but you, you know, and then again, there's no guarantee, you know, just because you spend six weeks getting to know someone and then you have sex that like, they're not going to like change their behavior. After, you know, like, I don't know, but yeah, you're, all, what you're trying to do is just set up, up for expectations as much as you can. All right. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All I right. appreciate it. Best of luck. Uh, don't forget you're sending your questions at asknickcastme.com. Say it again? 
Ask Nick, Nick at castmedia.com. Cast okay, that's what it is. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Naz Perez will be here talking all things Bachelor tomorrow and on Wednesday. The amazing, the wonderful, the hilarious Taylor Tomlinson. Why did you look at me? Is our guest. Tease. On Wednesday. Amanda already super excited. No, I'm I'm being like, okay, I'm about to wake up at 7 a.m. the night after a wedding to haul ass back to LA to be there for that interview. There you go. Amazing. 